things. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say amen, 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 amen. So we are going to be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 16 through 21. And uh, I just really feel like I want us to um, be refreshed on the refreshment that we experienced when we were reconciled to God. Uh, the newness that we experienced when we were reconciled to God because life can sometimes make us feel like we're still in the old thing that we were in. But there was a moment when we came to Christ and it was like, yo, everything's new. And my prayer is that this morning would be a reminder for some of us who have been walking with Jesus for a while of what it was like when we first came to Christ and it was like everything is new. And that God would say to us, everything is still new. But to those of us who haven't yet received the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would want to enter into that newness. Um, and so if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you could stand on your feet uh, to just honor the word of God. Grab your Bibles, because uh, 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 if you can, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21. While I have you standing, can I just honor uh, your pastor? Um, he has been uh, just an amazing gift to me in literally less than 24 hours in ways that like I can't even express in front of you. His humility, his grace, his sensitivity to the spirit. Uh, I get a chance to travel so much and I am not blowing smoke. Y'all have like an insanely, uh, not just gifted, but humble pastor. Um, and so can y'all just celebrate the Lord with me? Um, like, gen like genuinely, like seriously, yo. Uh, and then also while I have y'all standing, can y'all say what's up, Matt? He with me uh, this morning. Say what's up, Matt. Uh, he loved the Lord. He can also hoop, but he loved the Lord. Um, uh, and um, I forgot this is like actually uh, an opportunity because uh, my wife can actually catch this. Um, uh, I am coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Uh, just planted a church with, along with two other brothers called New Creation Fellowship uh, in March. And so you got family in Orlando telling like, yo, like, <laughs> come see us. Um, but also uh, I'm coming to you representing my, my dear family of uh, four children, uh, Aaron Zipporah, Jonathan and Hadassah, ages 13, 12, 3, and 2. Uh, yeah, I heard the woos and the o's and oh my goodness, and the sweats. <laughs> yeah, all of that, all of that, every part of that. Um, uh, but I'm also coming representing the best of that whole bunch. Uh, and I tell my kids that all the time. There's one that's better than y'all. <laughs> uh, and that is my beautiful, lovely wife. Uh, she fine. She the baddest thing on two legs. She all that like... <laughs> Um, and she brilliant, and she golly, like, you can't take her, she mine. <laughs> um, and I, I'm telling y'all, man, like, from the bottom of my heart, like, I'm standing here alone, uh, but I am representing a golly, golly, golly woman who is supporting uh, me to be able to come and do this. And So can we just celebrate the Lord for Brittany Nicole uh, Gray, uh, my lovely wife. All right, now that we got that... Um, I pray that you can hear this word with an open heart and I pray the Lord will be with my words because I have no clue um, uh, how I'm going to get through this. But by the grace of God, I do feel like the Lord was so leading that uh, this church needs to hear this word. And I don't know for what reason, but I am praying that God's going to do something very special in these uh, next few moments we have together. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 16 through 21 reads like this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. 
Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want to read that last verse one more time. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I just want to talk about what it looks like to be a new creation in Jesus. Let's just go before the Lord in prayer. Father, be with me as I preach. Uh, I feel the weakness, Lord. And um, yet I am reminded that when I am weak, you show yourself to be strong. So again, be my strength this morning. Oh God, in whom we trust, speak to us loudly and clearly from your very word. Pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen, 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 amen. You can take your seats. You can take your seats. There was a, a friend of mine when I pastored in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, and at the time I was super into the DC movies, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins. I, I loved all of that. I probably stopped with Dark Knight Rises, but that's neither here nor there. So I realized that Christopher Nolan was no longer going to be making the Batman movies. And um, for that reason, I don't know if you ever had an author you really loved or an artist you really loved, and they just don't make enough music. <laughs> so you got to turn some, to someone who's putting out more material. And so I had to turn to Marvel. <laughs> And uh, I didn't know how to even start. It's a whole bunch of movies. Um, and I turned to my homie who was like, he just loved Marvel movies. And so he was like, I got them all in my crib. He was so excited. So he just let me borrow all the Marvel movies. And then when I was done with that, I would turn it in like he became my friend Blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> some of y'all wouldn't catch that for the younger generation. No laughs from right here. <laughs> so... As I was watching these movies, I was getting frustrated because stuff would happen in the movies that just didn't seem real. <laughs> I was getting bothered by like the way it would happen and like there were holes in movies and I don't like holes in movies and gaps within movies. And then I turned to him and I'm having all these discussions. He's trying to go back and forth explaining all this stuff. And then finally he just, just forgets it all and says these words to me. That's just the way it works in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I was like, you should have just said that. <laughs> Start with that so I can understand that when I'm in the Marvel universe, stuff just don't work the way it works in the real world. 
When you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you enter into a different universe. Things are not the same. Everything, literally everything changes. When you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, sins that should be still upon you are erased. The guilt that you used to feel for everything that you did now has a place to be taken, namely the cross. All of the ways in which you lived begin to change. As I shared with the earlier service, your walk begins to change. Your talk begins to change. Your lifestyle begins to change. But it's not only those things that begin to change. You at your core nature begin to change. My daughter hates broccoli and has hated broccoli since the day she was born. My son has hated broccoli since the day he was born. But at some point, though my daughter still hates broccoli, something shifted for my son. He began to have new taste buds. And it's, it's not really like uh, super helpful, uh, but he likes to eat his, his broccoli with the, the seasoning from Takis. Uh, it's it's kind of disgusting, actually. But for whatever reason, when the Taki seasoning hits his tongue, he likes to now taste broccoli with it. He has been given new taste buds. And I am sure that the Taki seasoning has burned his old taste buds <laughs> away. <laughs> My son's taste buds are new. And when you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you begin to have new taste buds, new desires, new wants. That's just how it is in the kingdom of God. So we're going to come to a text that is going to remind us what happens, what truly happens when we place our faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. And here's the one word that happens. New. Everything becomes new. We begin with a new, and for, forgive me for this, but uh, this is like, Probably my favorite part of the text because I remember when I got context for the first time. The first thing that Paul is going to show us is that we have new sight. And new sight is so important to me because I'm a guy who never had 20-20 vision. I was that guy who didn't have 20-20 vision but didn't know that I didn't have 20-20 vision. So I assumed anybody in this number that everybody else had the same struggles with seeing that I do. I'd be in class and I was wondering why no one else was having to go to the front of the board. And I would constantly have to sit up front to see what the teacher was saying. And then finally, my now wife said to me, do you need glasses? I said, no. <laughs> she says, it seems as though you need glasses because you squint all the time. I said, don't everybody? <laughs> she says, no, I can see perfectly fine from here. I say, you can see that right there. She says, yes. <laughs> You need glasses. And we all come into this world not needing new glasses. We actually come into this world needing new eyeballs. A new way of seeing the world. And Paul says this is exactly what happens when you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, from now on, therefore, this is post-Christ, 
We regard no one. We perceive no one. We look at no one according to the flesh. Even though we once looked at, perceived, regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Paul has been going throughout the letter to the church at Corinth. And if you know anything about the church at Corinth, they were a rowdy bunch. (laughs) The church at Corinth had a myriad of problems. And I am sure Westwood doesn't come close to the problems that they had. I can bank on that. At the church at Corinth, they had problems like division. I know no church in America has a problem with division, right? (laughs) But they had a problem with division. And their division was tied to a sort of tribalism that says we follow this person or we follow this person. I know we don't have that in the American church. We don't have any need to say we're this kind of Christian or this kind of Christian. No, 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 no. Not here in this nation. Interestingly enough, I guess it's a rarity. The church at Corinth had this problem. And then finally, Paul says to the church. Did Cephas or Peter die for you? (laughs) Did Apollos die for you? Did I die for you? Y'all talking about y'all follow me or y'all follow Peter. Y'all follow Apollos. But I thought I came to you with a gospel that said, follow Christ. (laughs) The only one who actually gave his life for you, bled and died for you and rose from the dead to prove it. (laughs) They had division. Not only division, though. They also had weird and strange beefs where they were suing one another. I know we've never seen a Christian sue another Christian. But they had that problem. And Paul says to the church, why not rather just lose out on your rights? It's interesting to me, we live in a nation That is oftentimes so much about his rights that when we enter into the kingdom of God, we forget that there was one who laid down his rights for us. Newness. They also had crazy other problems. Sexual immorality. I know that's not something that our nation struggled with. But they had all of these problems. And then Paul finally gets to chapter 15. He says, but you want to know your biggest problem? It ain't division. It ain't the fact you sue one another. It ain't sexual immorality. It ain't even the fact that y'all getting drunk off communion because they were doing that too. (laughs) Now, I don't think that actually happens that much today. (laughs) But he said, you know, your biggest problem is that y'all have failed to really believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Because if you actually believe that, all of these other things get solved. (laughs) Your biggest problem is faith. Your biggest problem is your perception. Here it is. Your biggest problem is your sight. You still see the world in the way that you used to see the world. You still look at everything the way you used to look at everything. And I don't know if you've ever seen WandaVision, the show. 
But in the show WandaVision, there's this place where Wanda has created this whole environment. And things enter into this environment. And as soon as things enter into that environment, they begin to change. An ambulance is still an ambulance, but it's a different kind of ambulance. Someone who is a delivery man is still a delivery man, but he's still a different kind of delivery man. As soon as people enter into this world, everything begins to change. And Paul is saying that's the kind of vision we should have as believers in Jesus Christ. We should not look at race the same way the world looks at race. We should not look at what we do with our bodies the same way the world looks at what, we, what they do with their bodies. We should not look at our rights the same way the world looks at, their, looks at their rights. We should have such a new sight that we literally see everything different. New sight. But he moves from new sight to new service. And here's the beautiful reality about new service. You can't have a new kind of service if you don't actually perceive things differently. In other words, if you don't see the world the way God sees the world, then you'll never know what to change about it. <laughs> Can I say it more personally? If you don't see your life the way God sees your life, you'll never know what to change about it. <laughs> So after new sight, now we have new service. And notice the text. It says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, what? Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Say reconciliation. Now, this is a funky and fancy and fun word. It's a word, katangelo. Can you say that? Come on, my Greek speakers. Katangelo. Now say it with your chest. Katangelo mai. I had the mai on there, all right? Threw y'all off. Y'all say that with your chest. Say it like, like, say it like you mean it. Like, katangelo mai. Yeah, that sounded good. That sounded good. All right. I've already taught the, the, the students some Hebrew. Now we got some Greek. The only reason I wanted to point out this word is because it's a word that combines a prefix with a root word. And the root word is a word that simply means, hear me on this, to change. Now you might be asking yourself the question, what in the world does reconciliation have to do with change? Like me, what's your, what's your name, homegirl? What's your, no, right here. Laney? So me and Laney have beef, okay? We got, we, she probably said something about my, my, my sneakers or something like that, right? She's like, yo, them just trash, right? All right, so we got beef, right? If I want to reconcile with Laney, what is required? What's required is that something has to change. If nothing changes between us, guess what? We still gonna be at odds with one another. People say time heals all wounds. Don't let time lie to you. 
Anybody met somebody who's been bitter for 20, 30 years against the same person? The reason why is that they think that if enough time goes by, we'll get over it. But no, inherent in the word to reconcile, to be brought back into relationship with somebody is this idea of change. In order to have a genuine union with somebody you once were separated from, something has to change. Now, here's the here's the problem we have. Our beef is with God. Y'all see where I'm going with this? Who needs to change in this equation? <laughs> God, perfect, holy, righteous. Me, a sinner, broken, wicked. So in order for us to be reconciled, something has to change. But it ain't God. It got to be me. Problem, mayday, Houston. Calling in. I can't seem to change myself. Houston is like, oh, that's your problem? Got the solution, the gospel. <laughs> because the gospel says, I know you can't, so I sent my son to change you on your behalf. His death, his resurrection is the thing that changes you enough to be reconciled back to God. And is there nothing like just seeing two things come together? Like the sound of a zipper zipping up. <laughs> this is like no satisfaction. Anybody just play with zippers? <laughs> this is nothing like it. Like good Velcro, you know what I'm saying? Not, <laughs> not that Velcro you like put it, like Sean. <laughs> like, sure. no, but the like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's nothing like some just good Velcro. And there is nothing like a sinner who is made in the image of God going through the process of conversion, going from death to life and being reconciled back into the back to the God in whom image they bear. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. And here's the beautiful reality of the text. The text says, but what was required is that God can no longer count our trespasses against us. I love Marvel now. But I see her, I hear that woot. I hear that woot. Make sure the woots get louder when we get to the resurrection. All right? <laughs> I love Marvel now. But my favorite Marvel movie, <laughs> I'm sure somebody can guess, <laughs> is Black Panther. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess why. <laughs> it's Black Panther. <laughs> and um I ain't gonna hold you though, like this guy had some struggles during the movie. But there's a character named Killmonger, Black Panther. And he has all these scars all over his body. And towards the middle of the movie, you learn where the scars came from. And each scar is representative of a life that he has taken, an evil that he has done, something wicked that he has done in the earth. And we can go around in life feeling like we have raised scars over every single sin that we have done. But in Christ, 
I want you to know that there is not one raised bump, one raised scar on you. There is no record of your wrongs. For he does not count it against you. And it's through this that we are now able to go out and serve the ministry of reconciliation. But this service, hear me, is not just an activity, it becomes an identity. And that leads us to my final point, new status. You've been given new sight, which leads to new service. But the only way we can really have a new service is if we actually have a new status. Notice the text from verse 20 through 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Here it is. For our sake, he made him to be sin. Identity statement. Who knew no sin so that in him we might become identity, identity statement. The righteousness of God. You've been given a new status in Jesus. Now, this is really beautifully laid out throughout the, the, the book of, of 2 Corinthians. And there's a couple of ways that we've been called ambassadors. The first way comes to us early. Paul calls us the fragrance of the gospel in the world. I like that because I don't like when stuff stink. <laughs> I don't know if y'all got noses like me, but like for some people, it's like they can just, they can kind of deal with smells. Not your boy. Immediate gag reflexes. So around the crib, like my wife, know, like we got to have that joint smelling real nice. And we got kids. <laughs> Young kids. <laughs> the kind that, you know what I mean? Like don't know how to control bowels and all of that. <laughs> so with stinky, funky, nasty kids, <laughs> you got to have some real good smell good around the house. <laughs> Maybe candle ministry. <laughs> Feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe Lysol ministry. <laughs> some Febreze ministry. <laughs> but you got to have some kind of ministry <laughs> around the crib if you got some funky kids in the crib. I want you to know something. That because of Genesis 3, we come into this world into a funky world. <laughs> I don't know if you have smelled the stench of the funkiness of creation recently. But it is filthy, y'all. And it's felt and smelled uniquely filthy to my nostrils in this nation recently. And it's been heartbreaking to me, y'all. And I'm like, God, fix it. God, fix it. God, fix it. But here's what Paul says. He has given you the ministry of reconciliation. You are actually the Febreze to society. God has taken you as a spray bottle and has sprayed you into your workplace, has sprayed you into the school system, has sprayed you into college, has sprayed you into your high school, has sprayed you into your middle school, has sprayed you into your family so that the stench that you smell actually get, begins to dissipate because you who have Jesus in you begins to allow for it to eradicate itself. You are the Febreze of God. But not only that, 
He says that he has given us the treasure of the light of the knowledge of Jesus Christ in our hearts. But here's what he calls us, clay jars. <laughs> if you thought that as a compliment, it is not. <laughs> You're just clay jars. Clay jars. Hear me on this. That is like somebody putting $2 million worth of diamonds into Ziploc bags. <laughs> Why? The only reason somebody would do that is because they don't want you staring at the package. They want you to stare at what's inside of it. <laughs> so he's been giving you the ministry of reconciliation because you are now ambassadors in that way. Ziploc bags to show off the diamond glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. But how did this happen? Happened on the cross where he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. I don't know if you remember growing up cleaning things around the house but I'll never forget my, my mom began to assign chores to us and I always had to get the toilets. I don't understand why. <laughs> but I got the toilets. You know something interesting happens when you clean a toilet. Something real interesting happens. You take that sponge and you begin to clean the toilet. And as the toilet gets cleaner the sponge becomes more filthy. There's a filth exchange that happens. 2,000 years ago, we had our filth exchange. That Christ on the cross, like a, a clean, perfectly spotless, fresh sponge was applied to the toiletry of our lives. And as we got cleaner on the cross, he had to get filthier. But our story don't end there. <laughs> Almost like a reverse Thanos. <laughs> Three days later, the Lord Jesus Christ snapped his fingers, <laughs> rose from the dead victoriously. <laughs> Turn the grave into a three-day stay at a holiday inn. <laughs> and comes out to his disciples and says to each and every one of them that I am telling you all things are new. Now go tell the world. If you have been made new in the Lord Jesus Christ, do not forget your newness. Walk in the freshness of the gospel once again. If you've never experienced it, Turn to Jesus so that you might experience this newness. But for all of us as we've experienced this newness, let's go out into an old world and tell them that's just how things are in the kingdom of God. Amen.